everybody, I'm Nick Atkin, Chief Exec at Yorkshire Housing, and you're listening to Raising the Roof Podcast, the show that brings business leaders and industry experts together to unpick the hot topics in housing and beyond. Um, so, welcome back. This is uh, episode one of season two. So, thanks to everybody who subscribed, and um, you've managed to make the case for us to have uh, another season and we've got lots and lots of really good shows planned in that and the details of which we'll share with you uh, very shortly. Um, but what about today? Well today we're talking about the future of work um, and with me today I am, is Becky Hart and Jenny Hill. Uh, Becky is the Regional Director for CBI Yorkshire and Humber um, and Jenny is the uh, founder, president, CEO, MD, whatever else, and um, I've been going serious. Yes, yeah, she's a sole trader, so she does all the jobs in one. Um, and Jenny specialises in, in creating flexible workspaces and has been the genius and inspiration behind Yorkshire Housing's new hub here at the place, which is where we're recording from today. So, um, today we're going to be talking about everything uh, ranging from that email. Uh, from Elon Musk uh, to the four-day week working trial that's going on around the world at the moment and everything else in between. So, let's get cracking. Um, You've probably already seen the email from Elon Musk um, that's been doing the rounds. Um, He's he's basically told his employees that um, they've got to be in the office for a minimum of 40 hours per week and if they don't show up, um, he's assuming that they've resigned quite how that works in good HR practice terms, I don't <laughs> but nevertheless, that's what he's saying. Um, and he's also interestingly suggesting that companies um, that don't have employees on the site never deliver great new products or innovate. Um, so Becky, we'll start with you. What do you think of that, that message? And does it resonate with what other businesses are telling you across Yorkshire and Humber? Well, I think, I think we probably all agree that uh, Elon Musk comes out with some amazing statements. That is definitely one of them. Um, he has a lot of interesting things to say, and he's done all sorts of interesting things. However, I think when you actually look at the tweet, it's quite very nuanced, all the replies to it. And, and, and I would definitely say that uh, a one-size-fits-all method just doesn't work. Um, we actually brought out a guide to hybrid working in March 2021. We actually explained in that guide what hybrid working was. And, and, and really, it was something that many businesses just hadn't, hadn't even thought of. And um, what was really interesting was 76% of those respondents said they would actually consider it and 96% of staff said they would really welcome it. Yeah. Fast forward 15 months since we did that, first figure's gone up to 90%, and actually we've got nearly every business I speak to is already embracing hybrid working in some way or another, and also are getting some really, really good results out of it. And I think we've also got to remember there's a whole, whole cohort of um, um, employees coming into business who don't know anything different yeah. and actually um, they're not they, they, they don't feel comfortable with five days in an office because why would they they've never known anything different so I think um, we're seeing lots of exciting things um, I think a, a one size does not fit all and I think it's up for everybody business to, to work out what's right for them and I think one of the challenges is just making sure you get the balance right between those people who don't have the option of doing hybrid working and obviously those people who do. Yeah, and I have to say, the, the guide that, that the CBI produced is, is probably 
one of the best documents I've seen on hybrid working. We shared it with our board and, and with our senior managers. So we've certainly did the rounds here at Yorkshire Housing. So um, what we'll do is we'll include a link um, on the on the on the podcast uh, where, where people uh, get their their versions from. So we'll definitely make sure that that's promoted. But just just picking up on that, because certainly just before we we went live, you you were telling me about the fact that. Um, and it was a libel moment for me, really, when you were sort of saying that people are now coming to the workplace who've never, ever worked in an office before. Yeah. And I was like, blimey, yeah, you know, there's people who've, who've come into the last workplace in the last two and a half years, you know, completely alien concept, you know. So um, so just, just sort of uh, unpack a little bit more what skills you think that um, we need as managers in terms of, you know, you and I in senior roles in our businesses, but also employees, you know, what, what are the skills that are needed to, to survive almost in that, in that hybrid landscape? I think from a manager's perspective, it, it's really thinking about health and wellbeing, uh, bearing in mind that for the first time you might be managing people who are not sitting within five metres of you. Um, and so a lot of things like trust come into that, uh, outcomes versus input, just with people out there, it doesn't mean they're not generating output, uh, they're generating sort of outcomes. Um, and then how are you actually going to communicate with them? Uh, you know, you can't just lean over the desk because only half of those people will actually hear you. How do you actually sort of improve your communication style? How do you use technology? You have to learn how to use some of the technology technologies to do that and I think then the whole how you go about doing the onboarding process and also um, then performance uh, management as well and then so flipping it on the side of the employee coming into a business and not actually um, seeing colleagues, peers, um, people in other departments face to face is quite difficult so you might get absolutely stuck on something and, and, and try and solve it, but you might spend ages solving it because otherwise you could have just quickly asked somebody, you know, how, how, how do I access this, for example. So I think one of the things that we've been really conscious of, and, and, and so many businesses around this, is how you get the onboarding bit right. And is that the bit that you really make sure you do in person? Uh, we, we're, just, we're just starting a series of all-in days, so we can get some of those sort of basics sort of right at, right at the start. Um, and then the um, more transactional side of, of work, you can you can do um, offsite, and I think that's uh, it's been really interesting that you know just listening to that cohort of people who um, it also came as a bit of shock to me. I've never known anything different. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like from your world, that your perspective, the world has probably shifted massively from yeah. from where it was pre-COVID. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Most employers are saying they will never go back to the way it was. Um, There are a few employers who have brought everybody back into the business, but the number one question that recruiters are getting asked is, what are, the, what are the flexible or hybrid working arrangements? Wow. And, wow. and it's very difficult to place candidates in businesses who are not offering any flexible or hybrid working arrangements at all. So, so people, the listeners have heard it here first. If you're not offering <laughs> hybrid or flexible working, you're going to really struggle. It, 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 yeah, absolutely. It's a struggle. Well, we've got, what, 1.3 million vacancies at the moment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And, and I mean, and that's right, you know, right here in Yorkshire, that there's an incredibly tight labour market. And, and and employers are really having to look at other ways that they can um, make that make that sort of work life balance more attractive because it's not an option just to keep increasing salaries all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And somebody from Yorkshire, 
Yeah, money's close to my heart, so just <laughs> the time. Not always a great option, that one. Um, so um, I just want to pick up Becky really, and if I could come across to you, Danny, on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm interested on um, employees' well-being and, and ways that work can affect that, and and how companies can support colleagues across all the different places that they might be, whether that's at home, whether that's you know in a hub like this or, or out on the road. Jenny, just just because you you get into some businesses, what types of things have you seen that have worked well to to support um, employees' well-being? I think the hub is the correct approach at the moment, in my opinion. Um, it's one of the best ways that people can support their colleagues. I think to have a hub um, and the word office, so it, <laughs> it, it literally is a hub. Um, that people can come to. Um, we've gone through the pandemic believing that work is, there's a choice, working from home or working in an office. And the hybrid approach, I think, it can feel a bit like that as well. You've got two options, whereas I don't think it should be like that. I think the Yorkshire Housing approach of a whole home and roam is, is the way to go um, because people need all sorts of different support and it's not necessarily in an office. I think this sort of a friendly environment to support your staff helps with mental and physical well-being. I think if your company is not providing a space for you that helps with your everyday life and fitting work in with everyday life, then they're missing a trick. Um, you can work anywhere, but during the pandemic, people weren't allowed to. So I think people felt like uh, if I work from home, you know, there was a lot of lo- lonely people, people yeah. that weren't talking to colleagues and things. When I've worked from home, that means to me going to cafes, yeah. you know, and mingling with people there, or even just having the noise around me instead of feeling like I'm secluded. Um, but I've also gone and worked with people that are from completely different industries and we've sat next to each other and worked and then had lunch together. And it's kind of, yeah. you know, I think people at the moment are still finding it difficult to find their feet and think I can work anywhere, but the technology is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just going back a little bit to what you said before, about, I think it, a lot of it comes down to power. And I think Elon Musk isn't used to not having power. And I think the problem... Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't be defamatory. I have never met the man. Um, but we, you know, as managers, like you were saying before, it is hard thinking I've got to give up control of that person, but you're not, you should never be in charge of a person, you're in charge of the work and managing the team and making sure that they're happy and healthy and can carry on and do their job. Um, and I think if they've got somewhere to go that feels more like a cafe environment, that you can just come and meet people and it's not a case of, oh, if you're there, then you're skiving. If you're in a soft, on a soft seat, then you're skiving. It's like you can you can literally decide, oh, I've got this to do today, I'm going to go and sit there. And instead of being by a desk, I think with um, this hub in particular, we've got no desks, but there are places you can go with supported chairs and tables at a certain height and different heights for different people. Mm-hmm. And I think physical wellbeing, with that in mind, it's good to have that variation that people can choose. And actually, I think the biggest thing is just getting it out of our psyche that the workplace is somewhere where you are told where to sit and what to do. And it shouldn't be like that. We've all been into an office where you, if you're a visitor, you walk down the middle of desk and everybody looks at you. <laughs> and it's like, or even worse on your first day. When yeah, you're <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, with this, I, I think open plan offices. People in the past have done like high 
back booze next to desks and you do feel intimidated when you walk yeah. in because it's just this row of seats and not everybody's good at networking or wants to go plunging into a room full of people and on your first day you want to feel safe and secure and there's somebody welcoming you so that's what I think all all businesses should be doing. And you're feeling safe and secure because for, certainly for listeners uh, who, who may be able to see a little few video clips on other podcasts, but um, you've got one of our sheet next to you today. I do. Just a few, uh, <laughs> We're few not quite calm. sure on its name yet. Yeah, we, uh, we, we may even have that. It's not Dolly then. We may even have a name for sheet competition. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really good. Um, Somebody's but, already said um, Barbara. Oh, very good, very good. Well, 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 my car producer doesn't want me to, to steal the thunder on that, so uh, I'm going to move on quickly. Um, so um, let's let's move on to um, what's happening in across the wider world around uh, the uh, trial of four-day weeks, um, and certainly I've I've seen a recent study that shows that there's been a, a 90% increase in roles advertised in a four-day week. Um, so what do you reckon, Becky? Um, do you think it's going to catch on what a business is telling you? So, I think at the moment in the UK, there is a trial. Um, there are 3,300 employees at 70 different businesses trialling a uh, four-day week. Um, and it's quite early doors yet, so uh, I think all the other businesses that are considering it are sort of looking and are waiting in anticipation to find out what worked and uh, what didn't. And I was chatting to one company that is trying it at the moment. Now, they are a recruitment company, so they wanted to trial something that their clients will probably want to be inquiring yeah, about, which yeah. I thought was uh, probably a, a good idea to do. Um, and, and one of the things is, is that the initial sort of, oh my goodness me, how are we going to squash essentially five days work into four days? And they did an absolute forensic look at their internal meeting calendars and took out what really wasn't necessary. Yeah. And guess what? They say five hours just wow. in internal meetings. Mm-hmm. And I think we could probably all learn a little bit from, from, <laughs> from that. Um, but also, you know, we're, we're, I've been talking to retailers who are doing it as well. And, and um, what it's given them is there is a requirement to work some Saturdays. So um, some of the office-based staff will be required to work a Saturday. But what that's actually giving them is a six-week head office cover over what essentially is nearly a 24-hour per seven operation. So you do get um, Friday or Monday off, but you are required to work a Saturday, on on only, not every Saturday obviously, but certain Saturdays during the year. How do they work that out? That's one of my concerns with the four-day week, Um, because somebody decides which four days you're doing, which again isn't really... Well, so how do they cope with so, if you've got a family, you don't want to do the weekends, but does that mean that single people or people without children have less right to free time at a weekend, you know? It's just like it is with shift work when you're working as a waitress or something like that. It's like, you know, in a way it becomes shift patterns and somebody working out a rotor. So surely it should be up to the individual to decide what days they do. I well, know. I think that they, they both, both companies had long conversations with who wanted to do what. There is always going to have to be compromise, yeah. though. And I think that, yeah, there, there, there will, you will sometimes draw the short straw. And <laughs> hopefully, if the balance works out, then, then, then you will more or less get, get what you want. Um, 
I think interesting, obviously, in, in Belgium, it's already written into law that, that, that the four-day the four four day week um, exists. And they are seeing some really good results. So, you know, 70% of, of the people that are doing it have actually reported sort of um, uptick in productivity. Um, but I think what's more significant is the drop in absenteeism rates. Yes. So that's like about 55%. Of that, that's big. Because oh, obviously huge. we know that absenteeism costs um, businesses a lot of money. But, but again, it, it's it's not a one size fits all, and, and I think that from a leadership perspective, it, it's sort of, it's one of the another tool in the armory. It's like hybrid working, it's like flexible working. It, it, it's just you've got to measure up what will work for the business ultimately. And um, we have, we haven't started trying yet, but I'm sure I'll be suggesting <laughs> it. But, but you know, there has got to be an understanding, I think, of, 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 of what's going to work. And for some businesses, it, it really is quite 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 a challenge yeah. so uh, so yeah I, i'm quite enjoying i'm quite looking forward to seeing what you know what the results are going to be of the uk trial but yeah. it's certainly sort of been embraced in, in, in other countries already yeah i mean it is interesting because when you look into the origins of the nine to five on to friday it, it was henry ford wasn't it in 1926 to to improve the efficiency of producing the, the four model t at the time and you sort of think, well, the vast majority of businesses, um, I know a significant chunk are involved in manufacturing, but you know, many, many service industries, and that, that's no longer relevant. Yeah. And indeed, as a customer um, and a recipient of services from a whole range of different providers, the three of us probably all expect services to be available outside of a very traditional Monday to Friday, nine to five type environment. And yet, we don't actually always work that way ourselves in terms yeah. of that, that flexibility so um, and, and I think you know there's also the point that um, in terms of going back to the point we made back about being 1.3 million vacancies not only how do you recruit really good people but how do you retain really good mm-hmm. people and and there is a need I think for us to think about well actually for some colleagues Monday to Friday doesn't work for them because of their personal circumstances whatever that might be um, there's a whole range of different scenarios that you can put into that, um, and then I think the final thing, and certainly it's, it's a it's a it's a journey you're to housing are going down. Most organisations are very very parental, they're very prescriptive about when colleagues should do things and when they shouldn't, and and actually we're all grown up adults and we can make those decisions, but we we almost get hardwired yeah. into into thinking we have to you know be told what to do and when to do it and how to do it, and and actually you know we're we don't do that in our personal yeah. lives. And I think that's interesting because in the pandemic, we were very much told what to do, where to go. Yeah. And actually, you know, one of the sort of challenges um, from government's business is you need to regain responsibility now. Yeah. Um, and because you know, we, we need to draw back on telling you what to do and when to do things, and, and, and we need you to sort of pick, pick up that leadership yeah. button. Freedom yeah, is yeah. a powerful motivator, I think, when recruiting and retaining staff, and I think it creates loyalty if it's give and take and it's not just seen as dictatorship, you know. And I don't, I, I do find it difficult with companies that haven't maybe got that customer service element. I mean, we do, your, your, your companies do, but. There are companies that don't, and I don't see the point in saying to somebody, "Well, you need to be in on these days and three days a week." Because if you if you think that I can get that work done in that amount of time, isn't that up to you? As long as you're fulfilling the job description yeah. and getting it done, then that you know I've been working for the last five years, four days a week, 
and still make, managing a successful business. And I haven't. I think you do. It's a bit like with storage. People fill it. If it's yeah, there. yeah. It's like my loft, <laughs> <laughs> But if you've got the time, you fill it, and it's it's amazing when you take that day out and you think, I'm actually still managing to do it. How? And I don't know. I think it is a powerful motivator to have that freedom where you decide. Yeah. And if people aren't doing what you want them to do, you'll know. You yeah. will find out. You don't need to be sat like no. you said, looking at somebody's screen and seeing if they're by their desk to know. Yeah. Okay, so we better we better push on because uh, we need to get to probably the last question, which is around. Uh, before we get to one of my favourites, which is our quick fire round, so uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. But um, I I absolutely love uh, what we've done here at Yorkshire Housing's uh, new hub called the Place. Um, what I love about it is that it it really reflects um, us as a business. Um, but also as a place to work. It's got our character and I think it's, that's it's quite quite different. Yeah, we've got a tree. Yeah, and a tree. So I suppose what I'm really what I'm interested in this, and I think some of our listeners will be as well, Jenny, is that just just I suppose not without sharing some of your sort of intellectual <laughs> secrets, but actually how do you take um, the culture of the business? Because we sat down and you just had you know, a couple of hours conversation with me around what, where we were and where we wanted to be. And then you came up with the, the design concept here. Mm -hmm. so, so, so just, you know, why is that, understanding that culture so important? And then, yeah. without again, giving away your traces, <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you sort of I build that into the design? It's my background. I think, it, I, I don't know if I should admit to this, but I don't have a degree in interior design. But I do. Well, well I did that. I don't worry. I'm a degree in set design, and I think that's where it comes from. Is that the, my background in television is? I used to be getting get given a brief of a character, and I have to design it to fit that yeah. character. And so I see businesses. I'm not taking you as an individual. I'm taking what you tell me as the brief as a character. So like this, Yorkshire Housing is a character to me, and I translate it in my head and make it into you know, well, this is what I need to do because you can't, as a designer, put, you can put your own stamp on something, but you can't make it about you. It's got to be about the company you're doing it for. And every company has challenges and it's about listening to that. A lot of things are the same from company to company, but you, you can't just do a one size fits all, like you said before, and I think that's some of the pitfalls that maybe other companies, they think of things and go, oh, well, that works, that works, that works, but it, it might not be right for you. Um, obviously, I've been given a little bit more free reign here, but I think hopefully it's not a gimmick. A lot of people say about, oh, if, you know, I want a Google office, and you're like, no, you really don't. You know, it won't work for you. You're not no. a tech company. You're not, you know, but the arbitrary and cheap isn't going to do any harm. But I think on paper, people saw this um, and thought, oh, this is going to be different. But when you're in here, I feel like it's got a really warm feel to it, and it doesn't feel gimmicky. It feels like it was meant to be like yeah. this um, so I think without a clear goal in my head I wouldn't get anywhere but I always start with listening to what the company wants um, and a load of desks next to high back booths is never going to help anyone you've yeah. really got to integrate the design and make sure that every little thing has been thought about and not just oh we're going to put this here and that there it's not just space planning it's a it's a concept it's a it's what who is the company what's yeah. their character I love how you brought that that 
sort of your previous life in TV set <laughs> design into, and not and picking up the, the culture of a business as the as a character yeah. in, in whether that be a soap or whatever else. And I see so it in terms of little bits as well, like wide shots, mid shots and close ups. Oh, so yes. so it's to think about the whole thing and then when you look close up you don't want dead spaces, a white wall behind people. Yeah. It won't be inspiring to people. And then people tend to put bold colours on columns and think that's it, we're brightened it up. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that doesn't work. We're not children. <laughs> so, so if anybody listens just about to pick up a paintball stop. They're not they're not wrong on that it. About fifteen um, years ago I used to do that. <laughs> but um you know, but I, I do like painting columns black, but <laughs> <laughs> So put that paint pot down, yeah, pick up yeah. the phone and call Jenny. That's, uh, that's what you need to do. Um, Becky, just, just, I know we, we, we briefly sort of walked you through and we're still putting the finishing touches to it, but just any, any thought, initial thoughts on what you've seen here and, and your reflections on it? Um, well, Jenny and I, I love the felt lampshades. Yes. And, and, and it's nice to learn about you know, why you chose felt because it, it has that acoustic effect. I thought they were great. I think what's really nice is we... During the pandemic, we we really learned to appreciate nature uh, and, and and the outdoor and the outdoors and, and the fact that you know you come in, there's running water the minute you walk through the door. You know, the, there's there's foliage. Uh, you know, the sheep. It is that <laughs> reminder of something that probably sustained a lot of people yeah. um, during what was a really really tough time. And I and I think that's just great. Um, I'm I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 do, I do like the fact that you know people. If you feel comfortable at work, you will be more productive. Yeah, yeah. And, and and there are plenty of spaces and, and areas where you can feel comfortable. And I think there's 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 a lot to be said for that. So, and, and also, you know, it is a net zero building, and, and we, you know, to to actually put that in, I would be putting that everywhere because one, lots and lots of businesses are really going to have to embrace um, how they decarbonise, and their buildings will be every yeah. key. Why um, not use this as a catalyst to do that? Yeah, I don't yeah. understand why people are still debating it. You know, it's like we we need to make those changes now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they you can. You can do baggy tours and make sure that's um, that's one of the first things that people. Say. But but it is it is really important because decarbonising our buildings is going to be tough. Absolutely, absolutely. You look at what the, the UK emissions about thirty percent from from, yeah. from uh, domestic buildings and some sort of uh, office space as well. So yeah, there's a significant inroads to be made there. Um, and the other thing, obviously, close to my heart is uh, you know many 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 of the materials and fixtures and fittings we source locally in Yorkshire yeah. as well so it's trying to keep the well, Yorkshire we'll local. Local, for example. Um, yeah. so yeah <laughs> um, so um, let's go to quick fire question um, so we're talking about uh, we're talking about employers um, so um, if you could work for any company at all and you can't have your current employer or Yorkshire housing um, who would you choose and why? I'm going to come to you first, Becky, because you, you've got a big grin on your face. <laughs> like you really don't want to be answering oh, this one. Um, yeah, so with, without uh, wanting to uh, put myself in any sticky situation, actually, I am so privileged, in fact, that I get to visit all sorts of different businesses all day, every day. So I'd actually like to do a week in each. Oh, and going right. right through, so whether it's an airline's business, whether it's a retailer, whether it's a manufacturer, housing association, whatever, I it has opened my eyes to what employment is available in, in Yorkshire and beyond. But 
that that is amazing. I'm trying to keep a job at the same time. You get your job perfectly. That's a that's a perfect response. Jenny, how about you? Yeah, no, mine was going to be a politician's answer as well, really, and say that that was the thing I asked myself ten years ago. Really, why? You know, who would you want to work for? And I chose me. And um, I set up my own company. And uh, so, but if I had to choose. I think I just want to make a difference. I want, it sounds so cheesy, but I really want any company that has got a lot of staff or colleagues to just think about it and think about well-being and just, you know, use my knowledge, use my experience really to change lives for the better. It sounds a bit sort of like, you know, um, save the world, but it's very important at the moment that our mental health and physical health is looked after. Um, I really think that Mr. Wee Smog and Mr. Elon Musk should give me a ring, really. I'm, I'm sure they'll be listening to this podcast as regular <laughs> listeners and they'll be picking up the phone or tweeting you direct. Um, so, but you, you, are right. you are right, Jenny. I mean, you spend, I always say, you spend your best waking hours at work, so yeah. you've got to enjoy it. And, mm-hmm. and the workspace has such a big impact on people's well being. So, um, I think that's a great way to, to bring this, this episode to a close because that's all we've got time for today so um a massive uh, yorkshire thank you uh to to my guests becky and also to to jenny um if you do uh, want to join in the conversation online uh, please do use the uh, hashtag raising the roof and um, we'll be back with another episode next month uh, where we'll be discussing all things reputation and stigma um so if you want to be the first to tune in then please hit the subscribe button now. Um, But that's it, it's a wrap. Uh, We're closing the door on this episode. Um, So I've been your host, The Captain, and you've been listening to Raising the Roof. Until next time, see you soon.